Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. Are you tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? Well, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. The problem is they made the opera thing seem a little bit gimmicky, you know, like uh, Jacqueline's pretentious girl, which in fairness, I am extremely pretentious. (laughs) (laughs) I will never deny that. Welcome to Here to Make Friends, a HuffPost podcast about the Bachelor franchise, where we lovingly snark on The Bachelor and Bachelor-adjacent shows. Whether you love The Bachelor or love to hate it, we're here to break down every single delicious moment with you. I'm Emma Gray. And I'm Claire Fallon. Welcome to Here to Make Friends. We know you came here for a Bachelor in Paradise recap. Sorry, this is a Peter Kavinsky and Lara Jean fan podcast now. I mean, we have to follow our hearts. And our hearts are not with the Goose or Colton and Tia or Leo. Our hearts are with To All the Boys I've Loved Before. Just a little Netflix rom-com that taught me to believe in goodness again. To hope. To dream. Okay, okay, we're getting that look from Nick that lets us know that we do, in fact, have to recap Bachelor in Paradise because it is actually our job. Fine. Fine. So to help us dig a little bit deeper past this petty drama we saw on screen, we're joined by Bachelor in Paradise shooting star Jacqueline Trumbull. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> Brief like a shooting star. <laughs> star, but like you see a like, streak across the sky. And then it's gone into yeah. the night. Much too quickly for our taste, but we're glad you're here. <laughs> Thank you. You know, between to all the boys I've loved before and all of this Manafort, Michael Cohen news, like I... It's like, what even happened on Bachelor in Paradise? I know. We've been jerked back and forth between something that's much nicer than Bachelor in Paradise and something that's even worse than Bachelor in Paradise. But Bachelor in Paradise is what we're here to talk about. Jacqueline, since you're here and uh, Monday night was your, your big night, let's start by talking about your time on the show um you came in and and you talked to a couple guys um what was it like coming in in the middle of this wave of like four women coming in yeah so I I had originally been asked to be original cast and I stupidly turned that down because I didn't want to take too much time off work um so me being put in at that particularly terrible time was my own fault Um, (laughs) they even offered to let me come in a day before and I was like no I can't take Friday off so I I had to come in at the worst possible time Um, which I didn't realize I didn't know there was a rose ceremony the next day Um, and and I also didn't realize that everybody was pretty much coupled up which is it's hard to see that on the show it looks like there are a lot of you know open uh, kind of connections but when you have very very brief time before a rose ceremony if people basically know where they're giving their roses there's no one single so they pushed me four people to talk to and three were already coupled up who who did <clears throat> they push you to talk to um colton eric david 
uh, and Kenny. Yeah, David's an interesting situation because he keeps he like couples he keeps hitting on Jenna very openly, but he and Chelsea keep giving their roses to each other. Well, so David was the other possible person I could have gone out with, but I strongly disliked him. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. that does create a problem. Uh, yeah, for I a just date. got. I mean, and it's probably unfair. I mean, maybe if I had spent more time with him, although. Uh, <laughs> Some people don't improve sometimes, that much. Yeah, sometimes you just have a visceral reaction yeah. to a person. Yeah, but he—I mean, he still—he had a thing going with Chelsea, and I really didn't want to go in and ruffle too many feathers that early on. And Chelsea is somebody that I'm, you know, I'm friends with, and so if I didn't like David and I do like Chelsea, I didn't really want to go on that date. That makes sense. Yeah, I think you you made the best decision. So you did actually ask Colton on the date first. Yeah. Well. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I ever or said, "Do of. you want to go on a date with me?" I know it was edited that way, but I think that I think that voiceover might have been taken from me asking Kenny because I think oh. what I really did was I asked Colton. I couldn't quite believe that his situation was clear, especially because my conversation with him, he was like, "It's been an extremely emotional couple of days." <laughs> I was like, "I don't know what that means." But, um, so basically, I pulled him aside and I asked what his situation was, and I, and I mean, it was clear. I had my date card that you know, I if if he had been open to it, I would have asked. But yeah, yeah. Um, and then you, you asked Kenny on the date. But we didn't even see your conversation with Kenny, yeah. which was interesting. Or, or with David. I mean, there uh, was no yeah. indication you spoke to David except, I think, at one point Jordan might have said, oh, I think she might ask David. But yeah. there was no other indication <laughs> that you had even, you know, had any FaceTime with David. Yeah. No, I had talked to Kenny. The people that... I basically just took whoever Kendall and Jenna said I should talk to, um, <laughs> who I no longer trust. But <laughs> they told me to talk to Colton specifically, and then they mentioned Chris, which I'm pretty glad I didn't. Um, and then and then David, and then Eric. So I actually didn't even know that Kenny was going to come talk to me. He just sort of appeared, and we had a surprisingly good conversation. Yeah, yeah. I feel like often when people come in. They're, they want to tell their friends uh, to go for someone who seems available, and it's yeah. not always someone who actually would be a good match. By the way, I just realized I said surprisingly good conversation, <laughs> and this is a huge faux pas. Supr- I mean, when I went into paradise, I had kind of low uh, ex- expectations. Hopes or <laughs> expectations. I don't know. And I had never, ever spoken to Kenny before. And so when I say surprisingly good, it was like a pleasant you know, surprise. we had a we had a really good conversation. Same with our date; it was a really good conversation, and I I think that that kind of it wouldn't have mattered who it was. I was it you was very pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Even in New York, if I go on a date, if it's a great conversation, great date, I would say <laughs> oh, I'm, I am I am floored every time I right. have a good conversation, whether or not I'm attracted to the person yeah. on a first date, because it's usually right. just I have brutal. to say I very rarely see anyone talk about the the various works of Edgar Allan Poe on Paradise. <laughs> If ever. I think that was the first time. Yeah. So I think we were all slightly taken back. (laughs) Also, just because even if people on the show are interested in those things, it seems like the only bites that the producers ever take are like the people being like, what I care about in a relationship is loyalty, but also honesty. And also don't get me started (laughs) on that. Seems like a great way to match yourself up with someone. Uh, There was one, I think it was Tia and Chris, and he was like, 
you know, honestly, what I'm looking for is just like love and like someone to be there and like just honesty and like trust. And Tia goes, couldn't have said it any better. <laughs> someone could like, have I, said it yeah, better. Perhaps it could have been said better. Um, also, there was a point where Tia literally was like, he's just saying all the things that I want to hear, but like in a good way. And I was like, Tia, that's a bad that when people say he's just saying all the things that right. you want to hear, they mean that in a bad way. That's just, not a compliment. I mean, we know the show is just full of cliches and platitudes like and that is the foundation of most relationships at least from the viewer's perspective obviously we know a ton of stuff doesn't doesn't make the actual show um my other question was that the the timeline of it all sort of confused me like jubilee and caroline obviously came in on last week's episode but were you coming in around the same time as them so in real life yeah, Caroline came in the day before, and she took John on a date that night. Jubilee came in, I believe, the morning of the day I came in, and then took John out. So the reason everyone's like, why aren't you with John? John was not there when I came to the beach and had to choose a date. He was on a date with Jubilee? Yeah. Okay, but yeah. it made, they made it, because we had a week pass, it felt mm-hmm. like you came in a completely different time. Yeah, no. Otherwise, I would have taken John on that date. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. So you t- you tweeted a little bit about the editing of your date with Kenny mm-hmm. and maybe some sound bites that were used <laughs> from your time with Ari. It was just shocking. I was I was watching it and it it was the inflection. I remember it's going really really well. I remember that. There's a meme made out of it. It's like I've heard it a thousand times. <laughs> and I caught that on the first and then I rewinded it and then I heard the I really, really like him and I don't want it to end, which I said through tears on my episode with Ari. And that was aired. I mean, yeah. both of those quotes were on the episode. So they just it was just sort of lazy. Like they just the editing has them. been it's felt more obvious to me. Yeah. There's been a lot of like cutting back to previous days and they're wearing the previous day's outfit, but they're making it seem like <laughs> it happened the next day. We're going from night back to day, but it's clearly just. The same day earlier because, yeah, the outfits are the same. Yeah. It's very – It just seems – it makes it seem really labor-intensive how much editing is happening to create a semblance. So what you're saying is, is it should just be more like Love Island. Yes. That's <laughs> always what I'm saying. Um, should we talk about what happened at the very beginning of the night, which yes, was we Chris should. finally getting confronted by Tia? Yeah. In one of the most stunning – just bits of gaslighting I've I, we've ever seen on this show. It was really astonishing. I mean, he committed. He does know he's being filmed, right? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Given his very flowery <laughs> second apology of his time on reality television um, that he put up on Instagram, it feels like it's just a new shock to him. Every time he behaves badly and then that poor behavior is aired. It's like, what? People are watching? I don't understand. But I do think he thought we would all be really impressed by the line that he used on Crystal. The uh, never kissed a blonde before. I just want you to have that title. Um, So he, the night before, was filmed telling Tia that he would not go on a date with another girl. He's really committed to her. He wants to focus on their relationship and growing it and falling in love and don't worry about another girl. Don't even think about another girl, Tia. That's crazy. And then he immediately made out with Crystal, talked to everyone except Tia about it, and then is sitting with Jordan plotting a four-part, four-lady evening. 
um, in which he plans to break a record for making out with the most women in one night on Paradise. And at this point, Tia walks up to Chris and says, we need to talk. And he says, oh, my God. Okay. (laughs) Chris, you don't get to sound frustrated. (laughs) Um, So she she tells him that she heard about Crystal and she's like, it's not a big deal. But you did look me in the eye and tell me you were going to fight for me and not take a date card and all that. And he's like, that was real. That was so real. I wouldn't take a date card. I had a moment with Crystal. That doesn't change anything. Remember for later in this conversation <laughs> yeah. that he said he it had a moment crystal with that doesn't change anything. Um, it's just so weird to watch because she keeps like po- poking the holes in what in his explanation, and then when when she uh, s- successfully pokes a hole in what he's saying, he's like, "What are you talking about? You're making no sense. What? Are, you're crazy." Weirdly, she's making perfect sense. She's making. So much sense. I was just so relieved she didn't back down from it. I mean, because mm-hmm. a lot of times in gaslighting, right, you'd start really wondering if you are making sense. And, I mean, that's the whole point, right? And she just – I think the problem is that she didn't give a shit about him. And so when you don't – when your emotions aren't really involved, then gaslighting is very it's obvious. It's less effective. Yeah. And more, yes, and more more obvious. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's definitely true. true. It's very hard for him, especially when it's such blatant gaslighting. Mm-hmm. Um he has no, no like hold over her to leverage like she's just like this is ridiculous right i know what you said and i know that your actions run contrary to that i know like, why are we talking about i love that at one point she's just like this is so crazy and so bizarre that it's laughable and chris says don't act like it's me <laughs> and she says are you serious and at this point crystal comes up and Decide she wants to be part of this conversation for some reason. If I were Crystal, I'd be saying, turn away, away. turn away. Um, And but, you know, Crystal is in this unfortunate situation where she is getting to witness Chris's terrible behavior. But she actually does kind of like Chris. And um, and so she gets sucked in a little bit more, um, which disappointed me. Um, Tia in front of Crystal and Chris is like. You know, I don't want you to be hurt, Crystal, because he looked me in the eye last night and said that he had feelings for me. And Chris is like, what's going on? I have to respect your thing with Colton. Like, that's what I just have to do. Um, even after I spent the last three days freaking out about how— And trying to get Colton Trying to get off. Colton out of the picture. <laughs> um, and, and Crystal's just sipping a margarita. She's in her not, ITM. She's not about the love square. She doesn't want to be part of a love square. She's in the bottom left corner, which we all know is the worst corner. It's the corner. worst corner of the love square. I mean, I, too, wouldn't want to be in a love square. Yeah, although I have been in the past. Um, <laughs> that's kind of being the bottom left corner in a love square is kind of my identity. Um, and finally, Crystal is like, look, I want Tia to get to know you, Chris. Like, I don't want to, like cause an issue and Tia says no let me be very clear I'm removing myself from the situation and Chris says that's all right I had already made that decision now remember not five minutes ago Chris said that nothing had changed with Tia at all and he was still definitely wanted to date her right still fighting for her still would not but take apparently at the same time he broke up with her before she could break up with him right it's amazing he has such talents he's playing 47 dimensional chess right now like there he's doing so many things simultaneously she can't even grasp it because her brain is just too feminine and womanly um 
And Tia's like, okay, whatever. I don't care anymore. Um, sadly, Crystal at this point is like, great, Chris is available. <laughs> I just want to be like, Crystal, run. And then he just leaves her to go drink, and she ends up crying by the side of the pool. Chris is just, what a, what yeah. a fucking mensch he is. She's like, Chris, now we can be together. Holds her arms out to him, and he, like, runs straight past them to the bar. I'm sure you're really just <laughs> sad that you didn't end up going on a date with Chris, Jacqueline. Well, what I was thinking during this is that a lot of people are like, why would you, like, don't you all realize that you're above above these men or, you know, or whatever? <laughs> like, and so I'm thinking, like, doesn't Crystal realize that she's above Chris? And the, the problem with this show is that, and actually Caroline put it the best. She said Rose campaigning. She's like, I don't really like this Rose campaigning. And so it doesn't matter, you know, if somebody's totally immature and awful, they're the only person who can give you a Rose, then you just go in for it. And so I don't even know if Crystal liked him, but it was that was her that was her chance that week. And it, and you feel so dirty doing this. I mean, which is why, like, I think it's why one of the reasons I was unsuccessful, um, I just couldn't pull out those big stops, you know, to, like, convince somebody that I had no chemistry with, that I was, like, there for him just so that I could get to the next week and maybe have the chance to meet somebody else. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a whole show about people forcing themselves <laughs> to like another person. It's true. Yeah. It, yeah. That is literally the premise. It is. You must like someone. You must find a boyfriend for this night. Yeah. It's a so very you can get weird to the next thing time. to watch. And it gets weird later also with Kendall and Joe when it sort of becomes this question of like, well, do, is someone obligated to just keep trying to like someone that they were trying to like because they were the best option there? Right. Or is that a terrible idea? To me, it seems like a terrible idea. Like, but that's the premise of the show. And like, if you throw away that person, then you're like putting yourself back out on a limb. And like, it's always the thing that I thought was insane about The Bachelor before I started watching it. And it's still insane. But like, I just have more of a depth of feeling about The Bachelor now, which is what if you show up to be The Bachelor or The Bachelorette, and there are 30 people there, 25, and you don't like any of them. Like, to me, that seems super what realistic. If? <laughs> what if you hate all of them or, like, find them I hate all? most people that I meet, I'm especially like, in a dating capacity. If you put so. me in a room with 25 semi-random, somewhat qualified dudes, I probably wouldn't want to marry any of them. Like, so... But the premise of the show is, like, if your heart is open and we put you in a room with all these people, you will definitely fall in love with probably several of them. And also they will fall in love with you And they will equally. fall in love with you equally. I do love one that gets twisted and it's, like, when Juan Pablo, like, totally fell in love with Charlene. And yeah. she was, like, and kept her around despite all her signals that she was not super into him. Because um, usually as soon as they get the sense that you're not into them, they, like, send you packing. Anyway, that was a really irrelevant <laughs> tangent. But um, her savage making out with him at every opportunity was probably the signal that she, mean, was listen, she was sending Sometimes him. you just have chemistry uh, uh, yeah. physically, but the rest of it isn't there. Yeah. That <laughs> is real. It's very real. So um, in the aftermath of all of this, Chris is kind of licking his wounds, even as Crystal is crying over the fact that – he doesn't necessarily want to pursue her now. He's at the bar with Jordan and is like, how am I in the wrong? Like, what did I do wrong? 
Because Jordan is, is probably the best person to go to for. But I will say Jordan was totally correct. He, it's true. He was actually on point. With he this says thing. you're not wrong, but if you're making moves, do me a favor and tell the girl you're making moves. And Chris is like, oh my god, so I should have told Tia. And Jordan's like, yeah, man. Yes, it's so basic. Yeah, I will say as um, not necessarily artful as Jordan is, he he is pretty direct. Yes. <laughs> And this is, you know, we saw that in the end, it, it kind of worked out better for Jordan, even though he acted like kind of a dick when he was telling Annalise that it was over. He and Annalise apparently salvaged a sort of friendship that because was of that. One of my favorite scenes. Incredible. Of this <laughs> Partly, because I love Annalise, but I also really love Jenna. And I, I know it was just so awesome, especially since she got kind of, you know, cut out of Ari's season to see somebody just be like, I had a fantastic time. It was the greatest day of my entire <laughs> life. It, it's just difficult to describe how amazing it was. It's like, yes, Jenna! Oh, and they, like, I get it. I I get the, the chemistry between them. Um, I've never been rejected that hard, like, especially by someone who just the day before was like, I think we should maybe get married. So I felt for Annalise in that moment. I was like, yeah. I feel like you could let her down a little easier. But on the whole, um, Honesty is preferable, especially when you're in a house where everyone else is going to know what's happening. You don't want to be the last person to find out. Can we just I just want to note the really nice moment between uh, Crystal and Bibby. Yeah, that happened mm-hmm. um, after Chris had, you know, made her sob in the corner um, over her margarita. She has a nice little exchange with Bibiana and Bibiana's like. You're not a bitch, Crystal. If even I know that. <laughs> Look at all the progress you've made. I mean, it's interesting. I feel like a lot of the women who had issues on their season end up thriving in paradise because when they don't have to, like, share one guy with everyone, they're much more chill. But I'm seeing guys have the same issues that they had on The Bachelorette. And I'm wondering why. <laughs> Like, Jordan and David are still having beef. Chris is still acting like an idiot. I do wonder if some of that is that their season hasn't aired, so they haven't received that very harsh feedback on their behavior. Um, And so now they, like, Chris apologized for his behavior on Becca's season after After he had already filmed this. Right. So that is something important to note is that, and I, you know, with David, I assume both of them might have been a little bit more aware of how they were coming off. Yeah. Um, This is starting to retrospectively inform men tell all for me. I like. Right. When Jordan was pissed. Yeah. Jordan was pissed. David was very like. We're cool, Jordan. I don't want to get into it with you. And Chris was just like, I'm a dick. Here's my apology. (laughs) Well, and Camille went after Jordan, too, which was clear that Jordan felt extremely betrayed by that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And we know Camille's coming in later this season of Paradise. So I'm sure there's—we'll see. It's going to keep unfolding. Um, And I understand why everyone was super over-talking about Colton and Tia. um, But—because I'm over it, too. Um, and also why Colton was really frustrated with Jordan. Yeah. Because Jordan repeatedly went after him in Paradise. Right. And also does Jordan, honestly, 
is coming off worse than Colton. Like, I'm pretty tired of the Colton and Tia stuff, but I don't think that any that they're doing anything wrong. I agree. They're just, like, tiresome. They're like your, your dear friends who are always breaking up and getting back together. And you're like, I don't want to talk about this anymore, but it's not because I'm mad at you or, like, <laughs> yeah. I hate you. I just, like, please just break up for God's sake. It's true. It's true. And I also, I do, you know, put blame on the show for making them the focal point. It's not as yeah. though they asked to dominate the storyline of Paradise right. this much. Like, that is in the producer's hands, the editor's hands. Yeah. And apparently they stopped filming early because they had so much material. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like they could have kept digging a little bit. Um, and again, like, there are people we just don't see for a whole week who are still there. And I'm like, there's got to be stuff that you could be showing us. Um, even like with uh, Bibby and Wells that they apparently were hanging out and then we didn't get the, the shock of betrayal at all because we didn't know that like when she gave her rose to Colton. And I feel like they're they're missing out on opportunities for more spreading the drama around a little bit. Um, also, while we've been talking about Chris, I wanted to mention that I think a lot of people um, are very concerned by the behaviors that he's showing um, being like red flags and we don't want to like diagnose anyone on the air or anything like that but definitely um, if a guy is like telling you that you're crazy for wanting to talk about broken promises or the way he's treating you um, that's not a great guy for you to date so like obviously I think that's pretty straightforward Um, All right, so (laughs) Jacqueline we talked about your your time with Colton, but you, uh, and yeah. I'm sorry, and Kenny. You do, in fact, arrive. You have a very cute hug with Kendall. Yeah. It was that was cute. I had a new, yeah. I had also a really cute hug with Jenna because I had no idea she was going to be there. Aww. So yeah, it's more screaming and hugging. Yeah. <laughs> you could have been the uh, the Jade and Carly of this season if could only you hadn't had a job other than social media influencing, which is, I mean, going poorly. (laughs) (laughs) Makes life so much more complicated. Um, So at this point, I think Colton and Tia are are off and they're having conversations about maybe getting back on, which is what we all love to see. Um, Colton is saying he doesn't want to see Tia get hurt. Uh, Tia is like, I just want to date Colton and no one else. Um, so they have a talk that we then see them have like seven more times um, about how much she wants to find uh, love with someone who chooses her. And he's like, I'm not sure if that's me yet. And she's like, well, but please. And he's like, eh, I don't know. Um, and eventually they kind of decide that they're going to try it. More or less. Yeah. What, I don't even remember at what point that happened. <laughs> Later. Later they decide. They finally reach the conclusion that they should just give this a go. I think Colton sort of gets a pep talk being like, just let yourself enjoy this. Um, both of them are kind of told, like, let yourself enjoy this moment. Let yourself have time to figure it out. And we have to remember that they've probably, I mean, how many days had they even been filming by this point? Not like, that many. Like three days. Yeah. <laughs> feels like just like maybe four days. Four days. <laughs> I mean, it's also frustrating to watch these conversations because Colton is afraid of hurting Tia because she keeps telling him that if he dates her casually, 
and changes his mind, it will hurt her. (laughs) And so, like, of course he doesn't want to take a chance on doing that. Like, if she's laying it out, like, this thing that you're doing will hurt me. Um, and that would be bad, then, like, like apparently Raven is going to cut his penis off mm-hmm. if he does it, then he'd have to be crazy to sign up for that. But it keeps being presented as, like, well, why don't you just decide that you definitely want to commit to me permanently? You know, I mean, this is hard because I think women have been in this position so many times with, you know, men just, like, waffle and can't figure out what they want. And, you know, they they make them seem second choice. But, yeah, over a four-day period, this guy comes in, hasn't seen her or talked to her in months. I I mean, I think that it's he's warranted to a little bit of indecision. And, and also – and I'm going to make the same argument with Kendall. Like, you have to go in and try to make the connection that you actually want. And if he's ambivalent about Tia, then it's not that easy to just say, I'm going to commit to you. I mean, if his heart's not there and it's confused and whatever. And so it seemed – it seemed legitimate that he would go out with other women. Yeah. Even. I mean, I don't want to – advocate playing games but I do think that if a guy or a girl is like I'm not totally sure about you Mm -hmm. um, the way to get their attention is not to follow them around asking them if they've changed their mind like every 30 minutes yeah and I know this from experience (laughs) you're like doesn't work girl doesn't work and I've also been the girl who was like okay like I guess I'll like lay off and like hang out with some other people and like sometimes then they realize that they're you're actually cool to be around when you're not harassing them about whether yeah. you, they and like you all the time. sometimes they don't. And, and I think, you know, don't. look, this is the thing with relationships. It's always a gamble. You're always opening yourself up to the possibility of being hurt or having things not go the way you want them. And so I think what's been interesting about the Colton and Tia thing is that they both have been pretty honest and they both have legitimate concerns. Um, It's exactly what you said. Like, we're sort of tired of hearing about it, but at the same time, both of what they're saying is pretty valid. Like, it's valid for Tia to want someone who's sure, and it's valid for Colton to have feelings for her, but not know know whether he he is sure. Um, And, yeah, I don't know. I felt, I did, I did feel for both of them, and I continue to just think that, like, their communication levels is at the very least so far beyond most people um, (laughs) in this situation that, you know, good for them for at least being honest with each other and having that level of respect for each other. I couldn't. Yeah. I didn't feel like the Colton Tia thing was something you could even take sides on because she's in such a difficult position, too, of having gone on the show. She tried to make a connection elsewhere, unfortunately, with the worst person on the island. (laughs) (laughs) Um but, I mean, it's, you know, she is there with him constantly. It's not like it's easier to, you know, play games almost when you're in a city and you cannot, you can get some distance from each other or, you know, you can, like, try to hang out on kind of more neutral ground. But this is the least neutral ground that exists. Oh, yeah. I always say it's like yeah. adult summer camp. So everything is just really intensified because you are living with everyone on that beach. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I also feel like it's funny that um, people are so fed up with this when it's like, we're all so, like, thrilled about Jared and Ashley. And remember when she spent, like, two entire paradises crying because <laughs> she couldn't get him to say, I like you back? Like, it's it's so random how we decide who we're rooting for and who we're not. Yeah, I think Becca Martinez tweeted something about, like, the whiplash of Bachelor Nation's, like, alternating adoration and then complete, you know, despisal of, yeah. <laughs> of people. It's exhausting. Yeah, 
I'm exhausted. Um, so, oh, by the way, we didn't uh, talk about how on your date you spoke your uh, grandmother's uh, <laughs> Slovakian. Yeah, great grandfather. Uh, yes. Yeah. Did you check that later? Did you say it correctly? Well, so I knew that I said – I knew that the, the direct translation was correct. The question I had was whether saying mommy dobri chas was – that means we are having a good time, but I'm not sure if you would act – chas is, means time, but it's like a unit of time, right? Or like uh-huh. a literal uh, time. I yeah. don't know if that can mean like we're having a good experience here. I don't know if that translates the same way. The Slovak people who have reached out to me said that I was correct, but hey. – yeah. Oh, look at that. So the, the literal <laughs> translation was correct. I just don't know if it would be used that way. Um, yeah, I le- uh, that was another bit of editing. It made it seem like I'm like, I just randomly learned the language of my ancestor. (laughs) What I meant was I went on study abroad and had a a bunch of countries to choose from. And they placed me in Slovakia, which I did not want to go to. I'm I'm happy in retrospect. But um, my great grandfather was from Slovakia. And so I randomly ended up learning this language of sort of my deep heritage. And so... I, I didn't randomly learn the language. I was there with only Slovak-speaking people. I had to learn the language. <laughs> but there was no other choice for survival. That's so interesting. Um, yeah, you and Kenny seem to have, like, yeah, as you said, a really interesting conversation. Yeah. Um, he seems pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, he will always be the person who ruined my birthday. So um, I'm <laughs> slightly bitter about him in general. But no, That's I mean, he, he was great. We and, and also when I said like we're having surprisingly interesting conversation before we were even on camera, we were talking about West Virginian politics <laughs> like, and like oh, and, see, or, that, or that economics. That is the content really. I want to see on, yeah, on the yeah. show. Right. And so I didn't expect to be having that conversation. It was, it was, I think it was more like econ- um, economics and kind of voter demographics. And, and he was like very much fueling that conversation. And so, yeah, I was surprised to be having that conversation immediately on my date in paradise. And yeah, I, yeah it, it really, that was all I meant. And even, like, from what we did see, like, I was like, wow, they're talking about the existence of opera. This is so substantive. Like, that's the the base level of bachelor dates is that you just don't acknowledge any specific interests or things or yeah. ideas or tra- at all. Right, places you've traveled. Places you've traveled, opinions you have about stuff other than loyalty and relationships. Yeah, and the part, you know— it's the, the problem is they made the opera thing seem a little bit gimmicky, you know, like uh, Jacqueline's pretentious girl, which in fairness, I am extremely pretentious. <laughs> <laughs> I will never deny that. But we talked most of that time about love, but it certainly wasn't it wasn't like I'm looking for honesty and loyalty. It was um, we were talking about how um, be, being in love and how dating has changed over time and also how his daughter comes into this, because I was asking him basically what it's like to raise a girl who's, um, I think, 11, um, you know, in this culture where we have things like Bachelor in Paradise and Bachelor where people are getting, you know, engaged because that's can become kind of commodified in a way. And I think we have so little faith in marriage that we're just willing to slap a ring on it just for entertainment instead of for you know, meaning. Um, and so we had a really, really long, interesting conversation about that. So it wasn't really just trading like, I like opera, you like <laughs> traveling. Um, yeah. And I bet they were like, we're not going to use the conversation where they talked about how we're commodifying love. 
<laughs> for sure. <laughs> what else is there in this conversation? Yeah, and talking about how fairy tales make it seem like, you know, once you're married, then all of it's easy after that. And the only oh, thing you is. have to do is <laughs> get the person and lock so, them down. Just lock yeah. them down. And then um, there's no work after that. No. Because right? the real accomplishment is getting engaged and having a wedding ceremony, not right. like making yeah. that marriage last after. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, Kenny ends up in the middle of this uh, love square himself um, because Annalise also decides to make a play for him. Yeah. Um, after the Jordan situation doesn't work out, she sits him down after his day with you, Jacqueline, and mm-hmm. is like, I know I don't present a sexual energy quickly, but I don't <laughs> want to close it. the door. I, I have, have it. it. It's here. <laughs> the energy's inside. here. If you just open the door. Um, so naturally they make out. Of course. And wrestle. They wrestle and make out. I feel like... Was the wrestling later? The whole strategy. The wrestling was later. The wrestling was later. But they do wrestle. She sets up (laughs) wrestling for him during the pre-rose ceremony cocktail hour. Annalise puts in the work here. (laughs) Yeah, she (laughs) went all out. And she is the last person I expected to, like, campaign so hard for a rose. Um, Because she seems so lacking in that kind of, like, chutzpah and, like, self-confidence, that which I relate to. Like, I always look at Annalise and I'm like, I would be crying all the time. I would be doubting myself. But I definitely would not set up a wrestling date pre-rose ceremony. Good and, for her. And describe myself as wanting to present a sexual energy in order to get a rose. So I was blown away. And Bibby also puts in, like, a last-ditch effort with Kenny. Yeah. So Kenny is just, like, makes out with everyone, is pulled in all directions. Yeah, it's an interesting dynamic on Paradise that they're they're always, like, the people who are really in demand right away, like Joe. But then someone who is also in high demand, like Kendall, like, locks them down and takes them kind of off the market. And then by, like, the the second and third week, we have the people who were not in high demand suddenly become in very high demand because they've been left available (laughs) for, like, four different people to make plays for. It's really just economics. It it so is. Um, so it was really interesting watching John and Kenny suddenly be the most popular boys at camp. Um, I mean, good for them. And uh, Jubilee and Caroline are both making their their last pitches to John as well. Um, oh, I made a pitch to him, too. Oh, really? <laughs> we it didn't see that. that. It wasn't so much a pitch. It was a soft pitch. It, yeah, I mean, people, because that was the first time I got to meet him. And I, we had both been told by friends that we should meet each other. And so we talked. But I mean, I wasn't going to compete with two women who had actually gone on dates with him. And Caroline and I were super connecting that weekend. And so I would have felt like a dirtbag if I like tried to make out with him or something. But we had a nice conversation. Yeah. The, the way that ceremony worked, and when I say everyone was coupled up, I really mean it. It was the strangest ceremony ever. First of all, there was a thunderstorm, so it kept stopping and starting, and then we would be separated. But when it was actually—the I, sh- I sh- the cocktail party, sorry. It would be—there was a couch, and it was couple, 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 Kenny in a room over here, and then John in a room over here. <laughs> oh my and then God. me, Caroline, Bibby, and um, Jubilee having to wait our turn for both men. And that was all we could do. There was—yeah. Oh my gosh. That sounds great. <laughs> also, like, these are just, this is my nightmare. Like, I know. having to compete with a bunch of women over men that you're not even sure if you're into. Like, all, that's just every, that's all of my dating nightmares wrapped into one tiny little package. Yeah. It was I, awful. It was horrible. I, I don't, I mean, Caroline and I both really hated 
the experience. <laughs> yeah. But you got a closer friendship. Yeah, that other. was great. Yeah. Had you guys not just not really connected during your season? You know, we just didn't really talk. We she hung we just kinda hung out in different I don't want to say clicks, but different groups. And And there were I guess by the time she left, there were still a lot of women there. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, a lot of the connections that I formed were much later on. I'm also kind of slow to warm up, especially with large groups of supermodels. And so <laughs> <laughs> Sam and, and Caroline was so that type, you know, I mean, I actually found her one of the more intimidating forces in the house. Really? Yeah. But she's so she's actually one of the most approachable people in the world. So I really enjoyed watching her on Paradise. <laughs> I was sad. So four women end up going home at this ceremony. It's you. Caroline, Bibby, and Nisha. And it was sad. It was four people that I was like, oh, I would have wanted to see more mm-hmm. from all four of you. Yeah, we really saw, like, nothing from Nisha. Even though she was there for, Since this is week three. Yeah. Um, we never really saw her, and whether she was pursuing any relationships. We just saw occasional narration. I think yeah. that was her problem, is that she didn't have any kind of romantic connection. When that happens, you're pretty much toast, unless you're Bibiana. Yeah. But Bibiana is just such a good narrator. Yeah. I mean, she, she inserts herself, you know, in situations. So she's she really, the good one liner. I really got yeah. the sense that Bibiana had been promised someone specific else would be coming. Maybe. And she thought that she'd be, because she was so like, my person might be coming and it sucks that like I have to go I'm home. I'm so curious who she put down pretty, her little list right. of people. And I think it's pretty common for people to have a good sense that someone they want to meet is coming and to try to stick around for that as we remember Definitely. with Joe and Julia. The Joe and Julia debacle of It's funny that that, that was one? such a big deal because now it's just like Standard. everyone knows that everyone talks to each other before they go on exactly. Paradise. <laughs> like he spoke to Samantha. Yeah, it was like Over Samantha DM. was just completely roasted. She was on a Reality Steve's podcast recently and she was like, yeah, we like texted back and forth <laughs> a f- for a couple weeks maybe and maybe had one like FaceTime conversation. It's also funny when she did come in and it was like this scheme that they had and she was sort of like, oh, hey, sure, we can go out. Like didn't seem that into him. <laughs> no, I think they anyway. had spoken casually, but yeah. it was just turned into the this, He like, just epic had an obsession with her for yeah. sure. <laughs> um, yeah, but I did get the sense that Bibby wasn't making too hard of a play because she had other another person or other people in mind that she thought would be coming later I asked her that i don't know i mean i i saw her at the airport and we were both just fuming <laughs> <laughs> especially her so they sent you all home like right away yeah you didn't Th- even get let me like, just to paint a, a picture of my birthday <laughs> please <laughs> <laughs> we're up on the rose ceremony was supposed to be i mean probably at like 2 a.m., but instead there was a thunderstorm, so it happened at 6 a.m. So we haven't what? slept in oh a very long time. I go home at 6 a.m. I'm actually kind of cheerful about this because I did not enjoy my time there. Um, and I and I was anticipating – I was just going to feel like such a dirtbag. Like I, I didn't Kenny, – Kenny and I had no chemistry, and I think that was perfectly obvious on screen. Um, I don't think that he was into me. I wasn't into him. Very, like as a friend would have been awesome. But when you're put in a position where you have to romantically pursue someone you're not interested in, you start – resenting it um and so that kind of soured um and so everything just felt really really contrived and really manipulative and i didn't like it i think if i had been original cast or something it would have been different because relationships would have formed naturally anyway it's 6 a.m i leave i'm in a fairly jubilant mood (laughs) (laughs) and then my damn producer is sitting across from me for this hour-long interview ride 
We love each other. He is crying. So then I'm crying. And the whole time I'm like, fuck you, Bill. Do not do this to me. I don't want to be caught crying in my interview. Then I go home and I'm like, okay, Caroline and I want to order a bunch of champagne room service and spray it out of the window of our balcony and jump on the bed and have a real birthday celebration. They're like, nope, you still don't get your phones and your flight leaves in three hours. So try to get some sleep. Oh, And then it was like a layover flight. So yeah, so I got home on my birthday at 1130 p.m. (sighs) God, um, that is shocking. But I always that have the story. That is depressing. You you should be entitled Maltreatment. to to one day in a hotel room. I and some know. Service. My God, that's that's supposed to be like the consolation prize for not getting to stay on an on air conditioned island with a yeah, bunch of yeah. It's bros. like when Michael said when he went home from Winter Games and he just got to like bro out with Ben Higgins in I the know. hotel. It I remembered great. that actually. So I thought <laughs> that Caroline like, and I would be able to do that at the very least. You would think. Well, it's yeah. ridiculous. Well, justice for you and Caroline and Bibby and your hotel room experience. Thank you. That's just terrible. Yeah. And Nisha. You should have all gotten <laughs> a fucking suite out of this. And Jacqueline, I just want to say um, life after 27 is pretty good. Um, oh, yeah. We have yeah. to talk about this line. You, you, took, you took quite a bit of shit for it. Yeah. I took quite a bit of shit for absolutely everything that I said on that one day. Oh. It's, um, it's hard. It's hard being the day player. I literally sat outside on the stoop and chain smoked cigarettes yesterday. I don't even smoke cigarettes. <laughs> oh, God. I, was, I think I did it for the aesthetic. I like, <laughs> You're like, it does look cool. That, that's yeah. always actually, I always say this about smoking. I'm like, I'm not a smoker. I think it's, it just it's looks... obviously very bad for you. Yeah. But like when you say it's not cool, it doesn't look cool. It's just a lie. It does look yeah, cool. Yeah. That is actually the only I thing mean, that draws you me to know, it. Like, <laughs> It's very hard to know what to do with your hands in a social situation. So, like, obviously having a, a little thing to to wave around and... You know, my inner voice smokes cigarettes. When I think about myself in, in situations... I'm always smoking a cigarette. That's odd. I don't smoke in real the life. One, the one We are not advocating period. smoking. No, no, no. Smoking cigarettes is absolutely horrible. It's I don't horrible. smoke cigarettes. The one, like, two-day period that I decided to try smoking cigarettes is when I was traveling through... Greece after I finished school and someone gave me these like very beautiful thin pastel colored cigarettes oh, that had little gold They're beautiful. on the ends and I was like yes I should obviously become a smoker yeah, I'm this like is wow why they I'm a real, real sucker for aesthetics <laughs> this is why they outlaw stuff like that and like yeah. uh, fun advertisements and flavors in America apparently very susceptible to it it actually <laughs> does get kids to smoke it's yeah. very effective um, to be clear again I we don't do not advocate, advocate it. smoking smoking is bad it kills don't however smoke. if you're really depressed um, at least you can feel like a glamorous like exactly. poetic person who's depressed in a black and white movie. For a brief moment. For a brief Um, moment. But just to clarify for all the people listening, were you in fact being sarcastic when you asked (laughs) if you were past your prime now that you were 27? Uh, Yes, I was being sarcastic. (laughs) Although cognitively, it is true that we pass our prime around 22. Okay, okay. (laughs) That explains so much (laughs) about me personally. Um, Although, also, like, as... This uh, study has been going around um, since since you returned from filming yeah. that suggesting that men hit their prime uh, on dating online sites dating, at 50 <laughs> and women hit their prime at, at 18. 18. Which actually explains okay. a lot about my own dating experience. Uh, for me, it doesn't because no one was trying to date me when I was 18. <laughs> so then all. I am past my prime at 27. Why am I no, it's, okay. it's okay, Jacqueline. You were at my 31st birthday party, so we can just, you know, it's okay. Don't worry. I'll always be 
have diminishing returns more than you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, everyone. Jacqueline is willing to hang out with us, even though, even we, though are we are in our 30s. Yeah. Which I, I still haven't adjusted to. to. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so... And at that point, uh, the ladies get the power again. We are we're back to even numbers, and the guys are going to start coming in. Um, I live for these weeks. I like when the women have the power. It I just know. makes me feel better. Me yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> it should really just be only the women who have the power. Um, there's very rarely a woman where I'm like, she just needs to get sent home because she sucks. But I feel that way about like most of <laughs> most the guys. Most of the men. I know. I was season. thinking about that so much. I was when. I was like, I would be sad if any one of these women got the boot during that rose ceremony. And I was like, but half of these guys, they could just, I could cut them tomorrow. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. So I think the new format should just be like a cast of women. And then you send in new guys in waves and they pick whoever their favorite is. Or they get to go on dates with their friends. Just Some a friendship of these, yes, show. Just a friendship show. Let's eliminate all the drama. It's just a show of girls doing nice things for each other on the beach. Um Okay, so uh, rose ceremony. Jordan gives his rose to Jenna. David um, to Chelsea. Again, we're confused. Uh, Kevin to Astrid. Chris to Crystal. John to Jubilee. Uh, Joe to Kendall. Colton to Tia. Eric to Angela. Kenny to Angel- Annalise. And um, as we're talking about this, I'm realizing that we never talked about the big rift in Jenna and Jordan's relationship that <laughs> happened pre-rose ceremony. Right. Um, I forgot that that happened on that night. I'm uh, getting all of my timelines confused. But Jordan completely loses his mind and tells Chelsea and Jubilee to shut the fuck up. Which I didn't understand. I think they were just giggling. Let's start at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, It's, I guess, still Jenna's birthday somehow. And No, uh, it's not. It's not. (laughs) It's my birthday. It's Jacqueline's birthday. However... um, Jenna gets a present. David brings Jenna an enormous stuffed animal, a dog. Um, Jenna loves it. Uh, gifts are one of her love languages. Um, and I think she should tell Jordan that because he'd be all in. Um, and clearly David is kind of just doing this to to troll Jordan because he and Chelsea have had a pretty consistent thing. Um, so this is kind of odd, but Jordan completely falls for it, like stalks up, grabs the dog, stalks over to the water and throws the dog in the ocean, (laughs) then goes back to, uh, Jenna and is like, I don't like this. Like, I don't, I don't like what's going on here. And she's like, I'm so confused and runs away. And then Jordan goes back to the whole group most of them are pretty amused by his freakout, and uh, Jordan is particularly pissed that Jubilee and Chelsea are laughing. It's unclear whether they're even laughing at him. Who knows? He says Jubilee way, is like a new pair of tires, and he's a Ferrari. It, what? I don't even I don't, know what that I just, means. I felt icky about it, but I wasn't sure exactly what the metaphor meant. I have no idea. metaphors are incredible, though. Sometimes they really hit the mark, and, and sometimes, sometimes they I'm really like, miss I don't it. get it. Um. He's like, I don't even know who she is. They keep calling her Jubilee because that's her name. He calls her Jubilene. Um, he says, like, Jubilee and Chelsea aren't ready for a man and that they should just shut the fuck up. And suddenly everyone who was amused by his freak out is like, what the hell is going on? This person is losing their mind and being horrible to these women. And just envision, if you will, amid all of this, 
Jordan is wearing the <laughs> vest and pants from a three-piece suit um, made out of floral. bright red floral fabric. Who was it that said he reminded them of the monkey in Aladdin? I saw Chelsea, that. I think. Chelsea. Oh, I mean, yeah. that seemed like a correct assessment. Yeah. My roommate came in while we were watch- while I was in the middle of this episode, and she hadn't heard that line. She was like, oh, he looks like the monkey from Aladdin. Well, I have like, to, it's very rare that. that you see anyone else on TV wearing only the vest from a suit with, like, no shirt under it. <laughs> like, that look is... I think the last time we saw it was the monkey on Aladdin. Like, people just don't do that. Um, also, the, I was imagining it, the full suit, and I was like, nope, that's not any better. <laughs> just won't work. Um, I do want to call out that Eric and Annalise went up to Jordan directly, which I thought was great, and both just said, your behavior was unacceptable and you need to apologize. And I think often we see people who aren't directly involved in any sort of drama tend to stay out of it um, or laugh. And (laughs) I was glad to see people just directly confront it and say, like, look, dude, this this isn't okay behavior and you need to adjust. Yeah. Um, And they're also sort of worried because I think a lot of people in Paradise thought Jordan and Jenna were a great couple. And now they're like, Jenna's not going to want to have anything to do with him if if this is what he's going to act like. Um, and Jenna does seem pretty turned off by it, but he comes back, he apologizes to everyone a bit begrudgingly. <laughs> well, I really liked Annalise's role to play in this. Yeah. I thought she, would, she did a great job with him, especially considering they had been dating earlier. Yeah, that was surprising to me because if <clears throat> I were her, I'd yeah. be like, go lie in your bed, you piece of shit. <laughs> but um, she was like, well, we established this like relationship and I can use that to go like talk some sense into him and she did and it was really I thought selfless and and nice of her um and Jordan apologizes he thanks Annalise and Eric for talking him down and uh and then we have the rose ceremony Jenna is questioning things with Jordan but she does accept his rose um I've never like do people ever reject the rose like you you want to be there for the next week right yeah so like it doesn't really mean anything to me accepting the rose We're going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back with more from Jacqueline and a lot more on Paradise. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes there will be something that is just like nagging at me, bothering me about something in my life, and I just swirl it around and around and around in my head and don't quite know how to address it. And something that can really help me sort that through and, like, take action is therapy. I completely agree. I've been really stressed lately because I've just been getting sick over and over again. And before I know it, I'm feeling a lot of emotions and I don't even connect where they're coming from with the actual origin. We all carry around these stressors, right? And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a great safe space to get things off of your chest and figure out how to actually work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash love to see it today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. 
H E L P dot com slash love to see it. Okay, so you got engaged. Congrats. Now you may be wondering what comes next. If you're planning a wedding, the first thing you need to know about is Zola. With Zola, you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. From the day you get engaged and search for the venue to the day you send out your save the dates, make your registry, and even taste your cake. Zola has literally everything you need to make the whole process super easy and actually even enjoyable. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go or, you know, from your couch, which is certainly how, uh, if I was planning a wedding, I would definitely want to do it as loungily as possible. <laughs> so important. I also just know myself. I, I know that planning any kind of event, like even a birthday party can get very stressful. And so it's been really cool to see friends use Zola. It really seems to make everything a lot less stressful. And as a frequent wedding attender, I love to be able to hop on that Zola registry and just purchase a gift. Easy peasy. I know I've done it. I won't forget. Thank you, Zola. Yeah, everything's all in the same place. It's perfect. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A.com. I am so glad that it's finally warming up. And it also means that I just want to have fun this summer and I don't want to be worrying about meal prep. And luckily... I can do something about that with Factor, especially because they have so many meal options like Protein Plus, Keto, Vegetarian, something for every diet. Their fresh, never frozen meals are ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every single week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Make your whole day delicious. From breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. I love having a few factor meals just sitting in my fridge, especially because I work from home. It's so nice to finish up a taping and not have to figure out what to cook myself. Just look in my fridge and be like, oh, in two minutes, I can be eating mushroom chicken thighs and wild rice or tomato basil chicken risotto or Santa Fe style green chili beef skillet. And they always have a nice like vegetable side. It feels well balanced. I feel full after and it's not a headache at all. Head to factormeals.com slash LTSI 50 and use code LTSI 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code LTSI 50 at factormeals.com slash LTSI 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Oh, I'm so happy the weather is finally turning. If you, like me, have been wanting to update your wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune, then Quince is for you. You can build up a lineup of timeless pieces that will keep you looking effortlessly chic year after year like premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings right on to you. 
And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, as well as premium fabrics and finishes. I love Quince for all these staples. I mean, linen is my favorite summer fabric. They have so many amazing linen staples. I also found my new go-to like summer running around to the playground in the coffee shop bag. It's the pebbled Italian leather front sling bag. I can just fit a wallet and my phone and my AirPods in it, maybe some lip balm. Absolutely perfect. I'm so obsessed with it. And the price was exactly what I wanted to. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash LTSI for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash LTSI to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash LTSI. Article believes in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their online only model, they have some pretty delightful prices too. Their curated assortment of mid-century modern, coastal, high Tyler Cameron, industrial, Scandi, and boho designs makes furniture shopping simple. Plus, they're dedicated to really thoughtful craftsmanship that honestly stands the test of time and looks good doing it. Article offers fast, affordable shipping across the U.S. and Canada. Plus, they won't leave you waiting around. You pick the delivery time and they'll send you updates every step of the way. I have long been an article girly, like every room of my house my house, my apartment, (laughs) you can see article furniture in. Most recently, we updated our balcony, you know, just in time. It's finally balcony season again, finally warming up in New York. And I have been out there with my coffee sitting in the toady beach sand dining chair, which is a great little lounger for a small space. Again, New York City apartment. And uh, it just really like elevates our deck. That and the ottoman we bought to go with it. So comfortable, so chic. Also can withstand a whole lot of rain. So important. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. They're having their Memorial Day sale from May 13th to May 27th, which would be the perfect time to use your store credit on top of sale prices. To claim, visit article.com slash LTSI and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash LTSI for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. And then night night two, two. Um, which begins with the women saging each other. Yes. Crystal is saging them to cleanse them because last night was crazy. Uh, Jordan tossed the dog into the ocean and she's like, dude, you can't litter. Don't litter, my man. I mean, it's true. A dog like that is like a big chunk of litter. If that like washed into the ocean, it would just go join a trash island somewhere or be (laughs) eaten by a, a whale and not good for the environment. Um, so it seems that Jenna is still, you know, concerned yeah. by Jordan's behavior. She says something about how his eyes were scary and dark or something. <laughs> like she seems like concerned by his anger, which is the correct reaction. I was going to say, it seems like a really rational concern. Yeah. Um, Kendall and Joe are talking about how great their relationship is, which, of course, means that Leo is coming in to whisk Kendall off her feet. Um, he 
it's ugh, man. It it just like really it's hard to watch Leo now, given yeah how the everything whole that's come out about him episode with Becca Martinez and everything that that she revealed and how he handled it. Um, but the women in paradise don't know any of that, and apparently he has some sort of like nuclear sex appeal. <laughs> Because he came in and they all just like their knees melted and they dissolved into the floor, Uh, including Kendall. Also, I want to note that he's wearing a pink shirt with pineapples on it, which I thought was fun and paradise-y. It was fun. Jordan starts making fun of it. And I was like, Jordan, you were wearing a suit vest and pants made out of bright red floral fabric yesterday. You do not get to have a a judgmental opinion about about a pineapple shirt. Clothing, no. Uh, Like, if you just don't think anyone should wear bright floral colors, then okay. But, like, clearly that's not a blanket stance you have. (laughs) No, I think that often Jordan's stances are very specific to him and whether or not other people are threatening what he believes to be his. It's specifically women that he believes he has ownership (laughs) over. It's very specific to how he feels at that particular moment. Yeah, for example, is he threatened by someone? You in that must moment? wear a suit at a cocktail hour if he's wearing a suit at a cocktail hour. But another time, if he's wearing golden underpants at a cocktail hour, maybe that rule doesn't exist anymore. Like, <laughs> I mean, he's very consistent in that way. Um, so uh, Leo comes in and Chats starts with chatting up all the blondes, all the blonde women. Up, how did all of the guys from Becca's season turn out to be so into blondes? Like, there were, like, four separate guys who were like, I'm just really into blondes. I don't know. Blondes are kind of my thing. I just love blondes. But they were in Does love with Becca. <laughs> I know. Well, my she theory is that the they exception that proves the rule. They weren't that into Becca. That's my... But even, like, Tia, if they were casting for Tia, is not blonde. No. It's very strange. I guess men just all want blondes and... Listen, I can't argue with that. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, we got several conversations this week where Crystal talked about how she has, like, pure Scandinavian heritage. And I was like, I don't think she means any harm, but this is a really weird political moment to be, like, making a lot of hay out of your your super white heritage on television. Um, I would just recommend not talking about it. Um, so... Uh, Leo pulls Jenna for a chat. Um, Crystal. Jordan, Jordan takes this opportunity to talk oh. about how they're all at a laundromat. and They're all just washing their laundry. You have to take your dirty laundry out in front of other people. But then, like, in the end, you know, you all of your laundry out at different stages. And, like, you, some of people have started washing it earlier than other people. But in the end, all your laundry will be clean. Who is the la- – what is the laundry in this So <laughs> I watched it back a few times. And as far as I can tell – what he means is that by freaking out and showcasing anger issues, he was just taking out his oh, load of dirty laundry. Oh, that was the dirty laundry. But soon his dirty laundry will be clean. And Leo hasn't even started laundering yet, which actually turns it, out to it be is true. true. It is true. Turns out yeah. to be so true. So maybe Jordan is just bright about everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, Chelsea ends up stealing uh, Leo from Crystal, which is a move that is rarely shown on Paradise if it happens. Mm-hmm. Like, usually you see different conversations happening, but you never see someone walk up and be like, oh, can I talk to him? Yeah, I noticed that too, but it is kind of how it works. I mean, that's yeah. what like, Ken- Kenny did to my um, conversation with David. Yeah, it seems like they they probably were invested in crafting this narrative where 
Chelsea is like the girl with the crush on Leo Mm -hmm. who's just like making herself really available. I feel like Chelsea is just like, can I please make a connection with someone other than David? (laughs) (laughs) Dear God, I support that. Um, And I can't really figure out what they're talking about. Um, It's a very confusing conversation. Um, Doesn't seem to go super great, but they do both find each other attractive. Uh, Leo talks to Kendall. And she is like, it's great here. I like everyone and does not mention Joe. And uh, so Leo asks Kendall out on the date. And they both they both live in L.A. So I feel like that seems to be mm-hmm. a big incentive for at least on on Kendall's end. You know, she says later that she's thinking about what could feasibly last after this. And it makes sense that you might want to consider someone who actually lives in the same place as you. Also, it hadn't been very long, and Joe's a little bit slow to open up. I mean, he's a man of very few words, and so I think yeah. from Kendall's perspective, like, it's she's still very, very much in the discovery phase. Yeah. Um, even he tells Wells after she leaves on the date, like, oh, yeah, I told her how I felt. I mean, I said I like you. Right. And I was like, Joe, <laughs> this is a Bachelor show. You have to use some variant on... In love. It can be falling. It can be beginning to fall in love. It can be planning to fall. Like, you just have to get love in there somehow. <laughs> um, and uh, but Kendall does sit down with Joe before she she goes and she's like, I really just feel like I need to do this. And he's like, well, I hope you have a terrible time and it rains. <laughs> and then he tries to kiss her and she kind of swerves <laughs> the him. most awkward exit. Oh, and then they like try to go back because they don't want to leave things on an awkward note and I was like this is just a mess I mean this whole thing was weird for because like I haven't really been buying their connection I feel like Kendall seems to do all the work in their their conversations and then his contribution is just being like what and she's like ha 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 you're so crazy um but he does have that quality of like seeming silent and withdrawn such that when he shows that he is hurt, you really feel for him because it doesn't seem performative. So when he does seem really bummed that she's gone, I was like, oh, Oh, Joe, Joe. I'm sorry. I hope you guys get married. And I was like, what am I talking about? I didn't think they should be together to begin with. Um, So meanwhile, Leo and Kendall uh, head out for the uh, contractual Jorge the bartender uh, date. I am living for these two of them for these little Jorge appearances. Oh, though. yeah, he's delightful. He's living his best life. He uh, says he wrote a romance novel called Lagrimas in Paraiso, Tears in Paradise. You know, if based Chris on Harrison his experience, can write a romance novel. Jorge can write a romance novel. I mean, agreed. <laughs> um, and I have read Chris Harrison's romance novel, and really. Anyone should consider writing one. Um, And so they're doing a photo shoot for the cover, of course, because everyone thinks Leo looks And this is also where we get the most confusing cameos. I also want to say, as someone who reads romance novels, like, for fun, that are not written by Chris Harrison, um, there's a lot of cheating in this for a romance novel. Like, romance novels are not about cheating. They're about a beautiful, true love. more telenovela than it did. Yeah, it was more telenovela. And we do have our our guest stars who have been long teased. Ari, Lauren, Ben, and Amanda. Uh, Ari is portraying they, – they basically are just like acting out the plot while Jorge relates it, which is 
what a great deal to get a free trip to Mexico for that. To do basically to do nothing. That. And also it was completely unnecessary. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so Ari plays Raul, a ranchero, who's married to Margarita, a sweet, innocent woman, portrayed, of course, by his fiance Lauren. Um, and Brad Fordo, Ben Higgins, uh, is a musician who's married to Veronica, a social media influencer. Played by Amanda. And um, all Amanda says is, what? And ignores <laughs> ignores her husband. They don't have a great marriage. Um, Raul speaks very poor Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> Shocked. Um Veronica, like, so basically Veronica hits on Raul and they make out. And what I loved about this was that, of course, Ari could not kiss another woman in front of Lauren after what he did to her, even if it's, like, theatrical. So they have to hide their faces behind his hat to get the scene of him cheating on uh, on Margarita. Um, and then Veronica uh, and Margarita are... Uh, <laughs> Who's they're the caught, other woman? <laughs> they're caught by their spouses. Veronica leaves Ben Higgins. He feels unlovable. And then Raul apologizes to Margarita, and she forgives him. <laughs> Immediately. Gosh, I wonder what story is the inspiration for that denouement. Um, if I'm Lauren, I'm like, are you just mocking me right now? Oh, no. She, she knew. I mean, like— that was the point. That was the point. Yeah, I mean, yeah. look, they got yeah. a free trip to Mexico, and they're like, okay, I'll do this dumb but shit. But she seems really sensitive about it, so I was sort of surprised that she would go along with the whole, like, oh, yeah, I'm easy. Like, I just took him right back. Yeah. Um, but they seem very happy and are getting married. Jacqueline, so. you, yeah, you went to Lauren's bridal shower. I did. How was it? It was super, super fun. Um, the night before, there was, like, a yacht charity thing, and that's when— um, Ari was there and my sister Randall was there and um, we all just drank a lot so by the time the bridal shower came the next morning everyone was just dead hungover and capable of conversation <laughs> that's what my my bridal shower was like yeah. at the end of my bachelorette weekend that is so true. that people wouldn't have to travel twice and if you look at pictures my face is just like completely round and swollen because I drank so much the days before yeah classic no but Ari and Lauren seemed very happy yeah. and it was great seeing both of them yeah yeah how long were they like down there to film were they filming that like in the middle of paradise filming the bridal shower uh no the, the uh, their oh. cameo oh um did they, you overlap with them no they came mm. literally the next day okay okay yeah because they facetimed me like two days later to say happy birthday and, oh, and they were like, we missed you in paradise. It's like, motherfucker, like, <laughs> one day. Should have campaigned for that rose. <laughs> um, so they, uh, Leo and uh, Kendall are the cover models. So they just like get in a pool and make out a bunch while Jorge but takes photos. That making out montage was one of the funniest. Just interspersed with oh. Joe being like, I'm bummed. And, then just and also they were different. always like making out in varying states of undress in different places. Poses. Yeah. <laughs> I always wonder what that's like. Like, honestly, I don't think I would want to see my friends, like, hardcore making out with people. And I always wonder what it's like to, like, watch those things and be like, oh, that's my best friend. Just, I don't like, want to see myself her. hardcore making Same. out with someone. Same. What is that like? Oh, I thought they looked good. Yeah, they did look good. Yeah. Oh, they uh, looked good. But what is it like watching yourself make out with Oh, someone? watching myself? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, that was a little bit. I just, I just keep. 
I'm just trying to analyze how I'm doing. <laughs> Can't you're be like, distracted you're like by taking other things. notes. Like, could have gone done better. Right. More yeah. neck kissing next time. <laughs> a little less tongue. Um, no, it's actually very useful to have that game tape to play back. Yeah. Um, yeah. So back at the house, Joe is like, I'm not threatened. I'm not threatened at all. Everything is fine. Like, I'm definitely, I think she's falling in love with me or maybe not. Um, Kendall and Leo return after just basically making out for what seems like hours, mm-hmm. interspersed with like three words of conversation. And uh, she tells Joe, uh, she sits down with Joe right away, tells him about the photo shoot. Um, he's like, Did you make out? And she says, Yes, we kissed. And he says, Oh, you're kissing all the guys now, which seemed like a slight overreaction to me. Who was the other guy she kissed? I th- Apparently she she kissed John like last week. Huh. Okay. Yeah. I, oh, right at the beginning, maybe. Yeah, when, like the way first back. night. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like that's a long way from kissing all the guys now, but I understand he was upset. Um, and she asks if he's going to open himself up to other girls, and he says no. He's not interested romantically in anyone else. Joe is all in on Kendall. But Leo, meanwhile, is chatting up Annalise, and then he is chatting up Chelsea. Uh, he ends up saying to Chelsea, that's raining. He's like, I'd like to get caught in the rain with you. <laughs> what a line. So mm-hmm. they go in the hot tub and make out. Sure. Um I mean, it's one of those those weird things where it's like I don't necessarily blame Leo for it, but like he's just not coming off super great. And he kept making comments like, I guess I could make out with every girl here. I'm not going there yet. And it's like, right. Okay, so buddy. it's the way he's talking about it rather than his actions. Like, look, right. he and Kendall are both seeing more than one person and that's fine. So I don't think it's like he's not he shouldn't be allowed to also you know, try to make connections with other people. But to speak about it in such, like, a cocky way of, like, oh, I could just make out with all these women. Like, it makes it feel very transactional yeah. and, uh, I don't know, kind of objectifying. I don't love well, it. especially because then the next day, Leo uh, sits down with Kendall and is like, I think there's a story to be told with us, a beginning and an end, which, by the way, what? Like, <laughs> and a middle, but they're just at the beginning. And she, he, like, tries to kiss her, and she's like, Hey, so are you like a jealous guy? Would you be uncomfortable if I were like kissing? He's like one hundred percent yes. Definitely, I'm, very I'm an alpha. I want my woman to like I'm belong to me. I hate oh, that. Alpha I hated is this my so much. Yeah, I find me a nice beta. He goes. <laughs> he says, you know, you want your woman to be yours. It's like I'm sorry. Oh. You oh. were making out with Chelsea last night, like twelve hours ago, Max. So like. If you want me to be cool about how you're, like, making out with all the blondes on the island, then don't turn around to one of them and be like, I'm an alpha. You belong to me. No kissing other people. Um, But she's very understanding and is just, like, basically then, like, okay, so we, like, can't make out here in front of Joe either. Like, (laughs) deal. Um, He handles it poorly. (laughs) Um, I can't wait to see what how this plays out, though, because um, it seems like there's going to be a really big blow up and you can just see it simmering already. Um, Colton gets a date card. 
Why? I just, I did, I felt like that the audience was like coasting into the Joe Kendall storyline and they were like, no, nope, yeah. we're just going to turn. We're going to veer right around and drive right back into yeah. Colton and Tia land. I we're care like, no. so much more about the, the Leo and Kendall arc. Um, although I didn't really want to watch Leo. Um, at least it was. I did want to watch drama. Kendall, though. I did want to watch Kendall. Yeah. Um, and uh, also Colton and Tia have already had a date. Yeah. I know. At one point, Tia says, this is basically our first date. Yeah. Like, Colton we, and I we, are on a real date. You just went on a date like two <laughs> days ago. You can't do that. <laughs> there are rules. But Astrid says this date will be really good for them. She thinks that Colton will ask Tia to be boyfriend-girlfriend. Uh, There's and, like a lot of pressure for this to be the boyfriend-girlfriend date. Yeah. And we know that I, we should have known that this date was coming because we had seen photos of Raven and Adam on a date with Colton and Tia. And that hadn't happened yet. So here we go. They go shopping in town, and then they go to a square and dance, except actually Jorge is there, and they're playing musical chairs. And they just happen to need one more couple. Who could this couple they be? They could have just taken a chair away, to be honest. <laughs> no, Claire. There are rules. <laughs> rules. The rules are you take a chair away every time you have the same number of couples as chairs. But... They got Raven and Adam in there. I thought it was funny that Raven was like, why did you bring Colton on this date? And he was like, oh, no, he brought me. And I was like, well, what would production have done if they brought in Raven and Adam and they gave Colton the date card and he brought, like, Chelsea? <laughs> like, did they have a pretty firm plan on that? Because it seems like a risk. Um, so Raven, after the competition, pulls Tia aside and is like, I don't think this is a great idea. I don't trust Colton. I think he's just going after the latest it girls. And he, you can't, like, look at the sweet things he's saying to you or his great qualities. You have to look at. <laughs> I was like, well, you should look at his great qualities. Um, she's like, you have to pay attention to his actions. And Tia's like, well, I'm really good at, at reading people. And Raven's like, ah. <laughs> are you though like love you but like maybe not um and then raven says i just want you to find someone who treats you like adam treats me and i was like raven do not rub salt in her wounds like that just seemed like such an insensitive thing to say to me like i found love and it's so great <laughs> and like i do want you to have that too but you're going about it all wrong I was wondering, it seemed like something specific had prompted her concern. And it was unclear yeah. to me at this right. point what exactly had prompted it. Because Tia is sitting there saying, like, we had these conversations and he actually hasn't done anything that's been super disrespectful. But I also understand Raven from the outside is looking at it. She's like, you just went on Becca's season twice. You're putting yourself in this position to essentially be rejected by him over and over and over again very publicly. Um, and so that was sort of my read on, it was on where interesting she was coming from. seeing Raven come in with her commentary, coming sort of from the perspective that maybe the outside world had, whereas there's a different vibe in Paradise yeah. of, like, we support Tia, why can't Colton um, and Tia just, like, make it work? And the outside perspective is Colton's a player and he's jerking Tia around and... Tia needs to, you know, extricate herself, extricate herself. So Raven is coming in, bringing this sort of like shock of of, I guess, <clears throat> the outside, if not reality. 
Um, so then Tia sits Colton down and is like, Raven doesn't like you and she doesn't trust you. <laughs> and she doesn't think I should date you. So could you like say something that will show that she's wrong maybe? And he's like, do you want to be my girlfriend? <laughs> so I guess they're dating. They're their boyfriend, girlfriend now. Fixed. Everything's fixed. <laughs> totally fine. It's all perfect. Let's just forget that like not an hour before uh, a vendor asked if she was his girlfriend. And he said, let's not put any pressure on things. <laughs> he's moved past that. He's ready to put lots of pressure on things. Um. Yeah. So like whatever. This day we've talked so much about that. Right, they're together. On. Back to Jordan and Jenna. Yes. Jordan first announces, I'm such a nice guy. And you always know that when someone has to clarify that they're nice, it definitely means they're nice. Well, Jenna says something interesting, which is just because you can be mean doesn't mean you're not nice. Which is true, I guess. I mean. Most people have the ability to be, to be mean. both. Yeah. Yes. Um, but she's like, but I, I have my eye on you. And I thought it was also funny. They were talking in front of a group of people and Jordan is like telling Chris and Joe, yeah, I'm working my way back in with Jenna. Jenna is sitting next to him. <laughs> if I'm Jenna, I'm like, okay, like don't pat yourself too hard on the back yet. Um, but of course here comes Benoit. Um, wearing quite a beach outfit, I have to say. Hmm. He's wearing denim shorts with the cuffs rolled up, Converse, and high socks. I thought he looked cute. I thought he looked cute from the waist up. <laughs> I mean, I'll be honest. Benoit isn't really my type. Mine either, but there's something that is, like, appealingly sweet about him. No, he seems sweet. Um, I do disapprove of— The high socks of, were a lot. I also disapprove of dark denim uh shorts rolled up because <laughs> the contrast is so strong between the underside of the denim and the dark denim. It it's... didn't particularly bother me, but <laughs> I hear your concerns. I'm kind of endeared by bad dressers, actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, and the fact that Jordan hates his outfit was, for me, a bonus on Benoit's <laughs> side. Um, apparently, Chelsea's family is French-Canadian. Um, Chelsea is really just like she's anyone like, but David. Anyone. <laughs> she's like, I have a child at home. Why is the only person here I can date someone a who child. is a child yeah. at home? <laughs> um, but uh, Benoit uh, pulls Kevin aside to get a sense of the lay of the land. Um, all the women are like, oh, Benoit, he seems like a good guy. And then Astrid drops this truth. They all seem like good guys until they're not. That's the problem. Yeah, that is the problem. Yeah, <laughs> the nature of just being alive today. Um, and so Kevin tells uh, Benoit that Astrid and Tia are basically off the market, um, but he should just go for whoever he wants. But he's like, but look, I think you'd really like Crystal. I know you like blondes. I think your energies would, like, match up. But Chris, meanwhile, has all his goose eggs. In Crystal's basket. Well, there Not are no other eggs. baskets available. So. <laughs> no one else is interested in giving him somewhere else to put his goose eggs. Um, so Benoit pulls Crystal first, and they have a very they just it does not work. Doesn't work. No chemistry. <laughs> Which doesn't surprise me. I was surprised, really, that Kevin thought they would be a good fit. But I guess Claire is also sort of a high-strung blonde. 
Yeah, I think, you know, Crystal does have that sort of fun, frenetic energy. But also, Jenna has that. Yes. Just in a different way. And I think Benoit just ended up vibing better with Jenna. Yeah, and Claire is so earnest and vulnerable and sweet, too. So I don't... Whereas Crystal's more of a kind of stronger... I mean, I I don't want to compare strength, but she kind of presents as, like... A different kind yeah. of intensity. Uh, I feel hard for me to say things about Crystal. Right. <laughs> yeah. I like Crystal is the yeah. thing. It's just I've experienced her in two different ways. Right. And I think what's like uh, what I saw with Benoit and Crystal's vibe uh, seems emblematic, which is that he wants to have like a sort of direct earnest conversation and she gets very like flirtatious and diffuse around guys. Yeah. And like it lots of little laughs. And like, yeah, so he she would be like doing a little flirtatious laugh and be like, oh, I'm sorry, my ass is hanging out. Let me adjust. And he'd be like, well, okay. So like, <laughs> do you want honesty in a relationship? And she'd be like, oh, sorry, I'm distracted. Like the the flirting vibes really didn't match up. Well, he called her Kendall too right out of the gate. which oh, Not a great so start. so awkward. <laughs> So awkward. <laughs> um, so uh, he talks to Jenna next, and they get right into how much they just like outgoing, honest, loyal, generous people. And she's like, you're the first person who has said all the things I want. And I just imagined her like li- like with a little checklist while she's talking <laughs> to each person, being like, well, he said honest, loyal, and generous, but not o- outgoing. Yeah. And instead he said like – sweet or something yeah. like I don't know if we want the same thing meanwhile Jordan is just seething because you know every time someone you know, he feels threatened he just goes after them in some way so he has decided that in the real world Benoit could never just walk up and steal his girl because apparently I don't know what jo- Jordan's inner vision of himself is really something yeah well I mean for one thing, they're just not in the real world. Like, that's the concept. So, like, there might be, like, a difference in the real world in that. But it's irrelevant. But it's irrelevant. Also, in the real world, Jordan wouldn't be acting like Jenna belonged to him after they went on one date. And then uh, she got mad at him and didn't want to talk for, like, three days. <laughs> like, so, yes, Benoit very much point, would be Claire. able to walk up in the real world and steal this girl. Um but uh, he doesn't think that Benoit uh, – he thinks Benoit will ask her and she won't say yes. But she actually does say yes. Very enthusiastically. Very enthusiastically. Um, and uh, they have a sort of night date. Jenna gets in a little black jumpsuit. She looks super cute. Great yeah, jumpsuit. Great. This entire outfit and the lips, the lipstick. Oh, I was, was very on board. I was like, I, I would copy yeah. that look. I uh, I I know that Jenna she does these great like uh, signature like lipstick looks. I feel like I've liked her with the more natural look in Paradise, but when she like pulled out that red lip, and I was like perfect deployment of like <laughs> this, the the bright red lip. Um, unfortunately, not a great color to wear when you're about to hard make out. It did with not someone. seem like a lip stain. It was certainly a lipstick. <laughs> it was because it a lipstick. just. Got all over Benoit's face. They never even acknowledged it either. No. I mean, they must have, and they just cut it because it was funnier. But, but it like, was, oh god, I it was feel great. Like if she told him in. that she that he had lipstick all over his face, wouldn't he have tried to clean it off? But he did not. <laughs> like it just. Yeah. Um, I mean, first they they have sort of a, a dinner date, um, and they talk about what they want from relationships. They et can both go deep. Oh, I bet they can. They can go so deep. So deep. Um, and uh, 
They make out in the street. They make out at the table. He finds it really sexy how she bites her glass. I learned a lot about flirtation. Um, I'm learning watching. a lot from flirtation from watching Jenna. Jesus, she's the most adorable I know. thing she's, I've ever impressive. seen. impressive. Yeah. I never knew that men found it sexy when you bit your wine glass. Unfortunately, <laughs> I'm try this now. That information is no longer day. useful to me. I wish I'd known it sooner. God, the little lip or the tongue biting thing when she's smiling. I don't think other people can get away with that, though. <laughs> There are no, definitely things look that cute. she does that, like, if someone else did it, like, Jordan will be like, I love how she sticks her tongue out when she likes something or something. And I'm like, right. But, like, if another girl did that, I bet you wouldn't be it so would be weird. Do you yeah. guys like this? We can't all be Jenna, unfortunately. <laughs> um, I also love that Jenna carried him down the street. She's very strong. Oh, yeah. She does a lot of fitness. That's, so, I was very impressed. Yeah. Because she's so, like, she seems so dainty. But, like. Now, girls got muscles. arms of steel. Yeah. Um, so when they get back, uh, Jordan is waiting up. He's been going crazy in his in the he moments. He's the only one still awake. Only Everyone one. has gone to sleep. Yeah. He's been in his in the moments comparing Benoit to Pepe Le Pew. I have to say, a lot of the guys seemed really confused. Like, if you speak French, they like they assume those are all the same. So they're like, this guy is French. Um, they com- like Jordan compares him to Jean Blanc, who is neither French nor French Canadian. Yeah, that was a very confusing. I was like, what is happening? <laughs> Just because French is involved in some way, it's that. not all the same. <laughs> um, he's like Ben Walsh gave his little French baguette in his pants tonight. Thank you, Jordan. <laughs> Um, and he writes something really big on the sand with a stick as a big gesture. I was nervous. I'm like, this is just a man rage drawing lines in the sand. I, I don't know where this is going. I assumed it was going to be like, fuck you. You want to hate. Go to hell, Benoit, and your little French baguette. Um, we have to wait. We wait until Jenna returns and he asks to talk to her. And she's like, okay, um, Benoit, I'll be right back. Not a great sign for Jordan. Um it turns out that he drew the words, I'm sorry, in yes. giant letters on that's, the beach. That's what we call a big gesture. <laughs> and he said, I respect you and I'm sorry. And what's a guy got to do? He's kind of like, I drew the words really big. Yeah. So I, you have to accept it now. I will say, I actually kind of appreciated this from Jordan, though. It was mostly when he decided to walk away. Like, he kissed her on the forehead. He's like, you do your thing. I hope you choose me. But I... I that only was the hear, correct yeah, way, yeah. way to play it. Jordan has been really confusing because every time <laughs> yeah. he does something that I really like, like I was getting such positive vibes from how he talked to her on the beach and was like, look, you fascinate me. I, I think you're amazing. You deserve someone who's willing to do anything for you. Like, I don't need an answer right now. Make sure that you make the decision you're okay with. But, like, let me know because there's only one Jenna in the world. I was like, that was oh, my God, sweet. I'm getting, like, Wonderful. heart flutters. It was so sweet. He seemed really earnest and, like, he really cared and was trying to do the right thing to make her happy. But then as soon as he does something really sweet, he will always turn around and do something so dickish that I'm like, <laughs> I don't know it how is, to feel it's about It's real this emotional whiplash with Jordan. Yeah. I mean, I think that Jenna, in in a way, has brought out both the best and worst of him because you get to see him courting someone that he actually cares about and wants to see happy, but also someone that he genuinely gets really jealous and angry about. And those are – it's so different from watching, like, fake Jordan, like, d- like 
dicking around, basically, which is what we used to see. I think he's actually a quite good person, and he has, but he has a sense of justice, and that gets in the way of a lot of people because then they feel justified in extreme reactions and anger and jealousy. <laughs> And like, and, and you can tell, and he t- like when Mental, whenever he felt betrayed by Camille, he came at him really, really strong. But it's because, I mean, that seemed to, in, you know, um, interfere with his sense of justice. So I like him. I just think he has some maturing, which isn't surprising at 26. Yeah. He should right. turn 27. He's 26. He should yeah. turn 27. But, that's, <laughs> but then he'll be past his prime. I'm like, honestly. That doesn't, that doesn't count for men. No, no you're right. 50. He's going to keep maturing 50. until he hits 50. Yeah. Um, no, that was that was a really nice note for him to end on this episode, and and I hope that we will see more good stuff. Just from more Jordan. growth, more, more personal growth. growth from Jordan. More um, metaphors from Jordan. I want to see the movie that's playing in his head at all time. <laughs> it must be stunning. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what Very I want visual. my life to to be like. I'm in a movie. Like you can tell here. Like he'll talk about Jenna. Like. I can just see myself like chasing her through a field in the rain on a Sunday afternoon. And I'm like, is that is that what's happening in your head? I'll tell you that my life has been a TV show and you don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> no, you definitely don't want you. It's actually better for your life to be a movie because mm-hmm. then like mm-hmm. all the conflict is resolved. <laughs> right. That's <laughs> <So> true. <laughs> Wraps up TV show nicely. just goes on forever. Um, so we leave off kind of on this cliffhanger of who who will Jenna choose? Who, who will Jenna choose? Who will Kendall choose? There's yeah. a lot to look forward to next week. I have to say, I think that people are... Kendall has been really enthusiastic about Leo and uh, not so much about Joe. It kind of seems like she's leaning toward going with the new option. But then we do see this blow up in the previews where Leo says, good luck with grocery store, bitch. <laughs> And it makes me think that she's going to pick Joe. Yeah, that's what was strongly implied. Right. But, like, I'm seeing a lot of people or hearing a lot of, like, oh, well, things are over with Joe. And I don't think that's true. I don't think so. Also, you know, she just met Leo. She got a a good first initial vibe. But, you know, perhaps Leo will reveal some of his less desirable qualities over the next day. And she will be swayed away from him. We'll see. No spoilers, Jacqueline. No, no spoilers. Um, but I do also want to just call out before we finish that there is a pretty delightful uh, credits scene where John is just telling a series of dad jokes to Chelsea. I really felt for Chelsea in that moment because <laughs> it's really hard to react to, like, a really bad joke that, like, isn't bad enough to come around to being funny again. Right. And then have to do it repeatedly. Yeah. He like, just he just kept being going. like, here's another one. And she was like, no, it's still not funny. But, like, it would be rude for me to just look at you blank-faced. So Good thing Chelsea is very charming <laughs> and very cute. I want better for Chelsea than, so do I. than what's been happening I so know. far. I know. Nick and David? I mean, come on. Nick come was on. the biggest douchebag I think I've ever seen. Have you met him? No, but I just saw, <laughs> Do you want to? <laughs> saw him on that day that it was unbelievable. Yeah. Um, 
not a low qual low grade quality of guys um across the board. Not yeah. that there aren't some 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 good some ones, standouts. but it's always good to remember that even the ones who seem good probably suck secretly because that's just the world we're living in. Yeah. I mean Being I really I cynical. Fully <laughs> believe that like any man has probably done something crappy. And most women, you know, we've yeah. we've probably all been assholes. So yeah. let's all just remember Get out that. there and find love. <laughs> um yeah, so that's that's it for this week. Can't wait to find out what goes down with these love triangles next week and Jacqueline thank you so much for joining us thank you guys it's time for feminism fails and this episode was just sort of a stew of toxic behavior but let's call out some specific moments first of all start light Joe sort of slut shames Kendall for uh, kissing uh, Leo on their date and says (laughs) So I guess you're just kissing all the guys now. Obviously, he's upset, and so we want to cut him a little slack. But that doesn't mean that he should just imply that it's you know that kissing two guys is like some crazy sign of of horrible promiscuity. So we're just going to give that a two as a little boop on the nose. And then, of course, Chris gaslights Tia hardcore. It was just completely egregious. Don't pretend. Uh, that a woman doesn't understand any given situation um, for your own gain. In order to make her feel insane. Right. That's really <laughs> crappy. So we're going to give that one a 4.5, a 5 maybe even. <laughs> it was bad. A uh, couple from Jordan now. Jordan says that Joe pulled Kendall first and therefore, I guess, has ownership over her. Uh, we're going to give that a 3 because they were joking around. Otherwise, I would be pissier about it. And then Jordan just generally acts like he has complete ownership over Jenna, which he does sort of backtrack at the end. Um, But we're going to give that one a three because it's just not a great instinct. And finally, Leo describes himself as an alpha and tells Kendall, you want your woman to be yours. Uh, Suggests that he he wouldn't want her kissing anyone else in paradise. Um, this is a whole set of gross <laughs> assertions and gendered uh, assumptions, especially because Leo uh, went on a date with Kendall and then made out with another woman. So clearly it doesn't cut both ways. I'm going to give that a four. And that's it for Here to Make Friends. Thanks to our guest, Jacqueline Trumbull, and our producers, Nick Offenberg and Sarah Patterson. Do you love Here to Make Friends? Find us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to subscribe and give us a rating. We're also on Facebook and Instagram, so please like us there. You can also find us both on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Claire E. Fallon. And I'm at Emma Lady Rose. Or you can send us an email at HereToMakeFriends at HuffPost.com. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week for way more Paradise. If a friend asks how you're doing, and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because, If I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free. 
confidential support anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. It's hard not to add a side of hot, crispy hash browns to your favorite McDonald's breakfast. It's even harder not to eat said hash browns before you get home. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.